Welcome to Burlington Humane, the podcast of the Burlington Humane Society, Ontario's premier no-kill shelter. Bye, society. Bye, society. Burlington Humane is my society. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Burlington Humane, the podcast of the Burlington Humane Society. My name is Doug, and I'm coming to you from beautiful Burlington, Ontario, Canada. On this episode of Burlington Humane, we'll learn how to keep our pets safe during this particularly hot summer with Vanessa DeFalco, our animal care worker. We will investigate about how the bond between people and their pets have helped them through the COVID-19 pandemic. And we'll learn about how dogs are helping us detect COVID-19 in people. So stay tuned for this and much more on this episode of Burlington Humane. This has been a very hot summer so far in Burlington, and we have already had several days with heat warnings. In fact, Environment Canada reports that this July was the hottest in over 80 years, with 17 days reporting temperatures above 30 degrees Celsius. This is an especially difficult time for pets. I talked with Vanessa DeFalco, our animal care worker, to learn more about how to keep our pets safe in the hot summer months. I'm here with Vanessa DeFalco, who's one of our animal care workers here at Burlington Humane. Welcome, Vanessa, to Burlington Humane. Hi, I'm happy to be here and happy to share some insight. Great. Well, we are in the middle of summer and Burlington has had a few days of heat warnings. It's really important to keep your animals safe during the summer, especially because of the heat, isn't it? Yes, it's very important. Um, Animals are very susceptible to getting heat stroke quickly, and it's a very rapid process that can be quite dangerous for their health. Now, what is heat stroke? Heat stroke is um, a reaction that an animal's body has to heat. It typically occurs due to their thermoregulation. So just like humans, animals also have the ability to thermoregulate their body temperatures. And when they're exposed to extreme um, environments of heat, their body cannot maintain the coolness because they don't exude and sweat heat like we do. Okay, so we sweat. Yes. And that's how we keep our bodies Yes. Cool, so, but animals don't sweat? Yes, humans sweat. Animals do not sweat in the same manner that uh, humans do. They um, expel heat through their mouths by panting, and they can um, release moisture through their paw pads. But other than that, they do not have sweat glands like we do. Okay, and we, we see that definitely in dogs. Mm-hmm. Dogs pant. We see that all the time. Yes. Do cats pant as well? Cats pant occasionally. It's rare and sometimes um, panting in cats can be a telltale sign of heat stroke because they don't normally pant like dogs do. But um, normally cats, when they have heat stroke, will be very lethargic and um, not want to interact and hide basically from humans. Okay. Hmm. Now we hear a lot about how we should never keep 
an animal in a car, locked in a car with the windows up during the summer. Are there other areas where we have to be careful of during the summer yes. with our pets? Yeah, so keeping your pet in a car is a very, very dangerous situation for them. It only takes minutes for heat stroke to mm. um, occur in an animal that's locked in a car, and they can suffocate, and it can be fatal to them. Um, but there are many other ways that you should be proactively keeping your pet cool during the summer months, because mm -hmm. they can get heat stroke from other areas, just being outside and exercising. Okay, so we have to take the dogs out. Mm -hmm. When's the best time to do it then? The best time to, if you need to exercise your pet or take them for a walk, um, I would recommend doing it in the early hours of the morning um, before the sun reaches its peak and in the evening when the sun is setting and the heat is not as intense. Okay. Now with cats, we don't exercise our cats, so are they fine in the house? If your house has air conditioning, your cat should be fine as long as they're not basking in the sun and they have access to different ways of cooling down. So providing fans, uh, allowing access to tiled floors, making sure that their water is topped up, and even adding ice cubes to their water can help improve uh, keeping oh, their body that's cooler. that's a suggestion. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, and I know that, uh, that dogs like ice cube treats yes they um they really really enjoy ice cubes in their water um they also enjoy popsicles which are dog popsicles that are safe for dogs there's various recipes that you can either get from your veterinarian or online yep. um just making sure that there's nothing toxic in those popsicles that could possibly harm your dog excellent and so we should always provide Fresh water. Mm -hmm. Fresh water, yeah. clean water, keep making sure that it's not evaporating and keeping it in a cool place. Good. Now, I know with long-haired animals, I've heard you should never clip a long-haired animal because it's the long hair that helps keep them cool. Is that yes. Right? So with certain long-haired cats and dogs, um, I'm going to use a husky, for example, um, they have an undercoat that is a part of their anatomy, really. Um, that insulates their body so it keeps them cool in the summer and hot, uh, warm, I guess, in the winter. Um, so if you're taking clippers and shaving them down, you're actually removing this insulating layer and you're damaging it. So it's not going to work as effectively in the future. It doesn't grow back the same way that our hair mm. does or just a short-haired cat or dog's hair would. So really, with a, with a long-haired animal, cat or a dog, Really, we should just brush them. Yeah, you should right? be brushing them and making sure that there's no matting in their fur because that really insulates heat a lot. Um, and just removing any dead skin and um, fur that could be trapped there causing heat insulation for them. Yeah. Now, if we're taking our dog for a walk, we're outside, and even though it may be early morning or, or afternoon, if the pavement is really hot, what do we do? Should we still take them out? You should avoid taking your dog, or even if you walk your cat outside, you should avoid walking them on pavement um, because the asphalt can be very, very hot and it can cause burns to the paw pads, um, which is a very painful injury and it requires a lot of vet care and recovery afterwards. Because that's a burn. Yes, it's a, it's a burn. I've I've seen second degree burns on dog paw pads oh, just from a short 20 minute walk around the block and it's so if the asphalt is too hot for us 
to walk barefoot on. It's yes. too hot for the dogs yes. to walk on. Exactly. So if you touch it, uh, the asphalt and it's too hot for you, it's definitely too hot for your dog. So I would recommend either walking them on a grassy area or uh, providing like booties for them if they're comfortable wearing those or just avoiding um, asphalt altogether in terms of walking your dog that day. Cool. So in the summer, we've really got to be extra cautious with our pets. Yes, you really do. It's it's not only dangerous for humans to get heat stroke, but it's especially dangerous for your pets. And heat stroke, if they do recover from it, you get them emergency veterinary treatment, they can still have lasting health effects from the heat stroke, which mm -hmm. you, you don't want that for your pet at all. So making Pre sure that they don't get that is important. So prevention is the key. Prevention is the key. Yes, we are. Sure. We are the ones who have to provide safety for our animals in the summer. Yes, precisely. Yep. Great. Well, thank mm -hmm. you so much, Vanessa, for joining us here in Burlington Humane. It's been very interesting. Yes. Thank you for having me. And I, I appreciate uh, sharing the knowledge. Excellent. Awesome. All right. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Summer is coming, and everyone is looking forward to beautiful sunny days. However, when the temperature soars, a parked car can quickly become a furnace, endangering an animal's life. Even on relatively mild days, with the car parked in the shade and the window slightly open, an animal can die in a parked car. With only hot air to breathe, a dog's normal cooling process, panting, doesn't work. Even a short time in a hot environment can be life-threatening. I left the window down for him. It's not too hot for me. I wasn't going to be gone long. No more excuses. It's imperative that each of us, as animal owners, is responsible in providing the proper care for our pets. Never leave a pet unattended in a vehicle. Owners who choose to leave pets unattended may face charges under the Criminal Code of Canada. And if you see an animal unattended in a vehicle, report it. Call 911 or your local police. No more excuses. Act fast, save a life. For more information, go to www.nohotpets.ca. No more excuses. Nohotpets.ca. lives have been greatly affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, but how has it affected our relationship with our pets? With many more people staying at home, either self-quarantining or working more at home, how are these changes affecting our pets? Banfield Pet Hospital conducted a survey looking at these very questions. They discovered 
that there is a definite shift in how people view and care for their pets. Unsurprisingly, working from home means pets get more attention, more pats on the head, and more treats. But it also means owners feel more connected to their pets and are more aware of their pets' emotional and physical health. Banfield's survey shows that 84% of pet owners feel more tuned into their pet's needs. And, as a result, 67% plan to make changes in how they care for their animals after the pandemic is over. That includes spending more quality time together, changing work schedules, adopting another pet, and putting greater emphasis on preventative care. People have always loved their pets, but the pandemic has underscored the importance of pets and the comfort they bring to their owners. Dogs and cats, in particular, have been stay-at-home heroes, with 45% of survey respondents saying that spending time with their pets has made them happier during quarantine, and 39% saying their pets helped lower their anxiety and sense of uncertainty. People have been getting along so well with their pets, in fact, that 20% of survey respondents say they'd rather keep working alongside their dogs and cats rather than return to shared workspaces with their human colleagues. With more and more communities opening up and restrictions easing, the transition back to work won't be easy. A significant 73% of people say they're worried about leaving their pets behind to go back to work and 59% say they specifically fear that their pet will suffer separation anxiety. Some of the ways pet owners hope to alleviate that trauma include spending more quality time with pets when at home and adjusting their schedule to be home more often and adopting another animal so that pets can keep each other company. The human-animal bond now more than ever, plays an integral role in people's lives, says Banfield's Chief Medical Officer, Molly McAllister. This survey shows that pets are always here for us, even and especially during the most difficult of times, and we're encouraged that as a result of spending more time together, people are committed to finding new ways to better be there for their pets. Pet owners are increasingly more attentive to their pet's health. 44% of people feel that working from home has increased their sense of responsibility toward their pets, with 37% paying closer attention to often neglected issues like dental health, and 42% giving their pets longer, better workouts than they used to. They're also seeing their pets during the day and 46% say they're surprised at how awake and attentive their pets are now that they're hanging out with them all day at home. One of the more interesting findings, from a veterinary perspective, is the quarantine's effect on how owners view preventative care. The survey shows 20% of respondents are planning to take their pets in for checkups more often and 41% have already talked to their veterinarian during quarantine, either in person, on the phone, or via a telehealth service. Animals definitely have a significant effect on people, 
and the human-animal bond has emphasized its importance during the COVID-19 pandemic. You can now support Burlington Humane when you make purchases from Amazon. If you head to our website, you will see a link on our homepage and on our wishlist page that will take you directly to Amazon's website. Every time you make a purchase on Amazon by accessing their site through Burlington Humane's link, we receive a small compensation from Amazon. You don't pay any more, but the animals will benefit. So make your Amazon purchases count by going to Amazon through the link on burlingtonhumane.ca. The more you shop, the more you help the animals at Burlington Humane. You can also purchase items from the Amazon website and have them delivered directly to BHS. During checkout, enter our address as the delivery location, 740 Griffith Court, Burlington, Ontario, L7L, 5R9. Search Amazon wishlist Burlington Humane Society for items that we are in need of. We appreciate all purchases and donations. Thank you from Burlington Humane. How dogs are helping with the COVID-19 crisis. Dogs have been trained to help people in many different jobs. Fortunately, they are a willing colleague. One of their prime senses is their sense of smell. A dog's sense of smell is much more acute than ours. In fact, dogs have been trained to detect various items such as explosives and illegal drugs. There are several studies trying to determine if dogs can detect if people have COVID-19. Dogs have been trained to detect malaria, different kinds of cancers, and Parkinson's. They do it through the person's body odor or smell. When you have a disease, your body odor changes says James Logan, head of the Department of Disease Control at the UK London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. So his team is training dogs to learn the smell of people who have COVID-19. Currently, if someone wants to be tested to see if they are positive for COVID-19, a healthcare professional needs to perform a nasal swab. That is, they stick something resembling a Q-tip up your nose and move it around. It is very uncomfortable, says Logan. Not only that, you have to wait about 24 hours or longer to get the results. The dogs, however, can detect the virus by simply walking through a lineup of people. If they smell it, they stop and look in the direction of the person they think is sick. Dogs can sniff 200 people in an hour with a 95% accuracy rate so their effectiveness is proven. 
This is especially useful for people who are asymptomatic, meaning they have the virus but no symptoms. It's those people that we want to target primarily, says Logan. The dogs that are part of the study take about 8 to 10 weeks to train. Once the technique is developed, more dogs around the world could be trained more quickly. The idea is for the dogs to be in places like airports, train stations, and stadiums. Spaniels, Labradors, and crosses between the two have the right temperament to be trained to detect COVID-19, researchers say. If a vaccine is developed, that doesn't mean that the dogs will be out of work. The dogs could still be useful, says Logan, because it'll take a while for everyone to be vaccinated. And even with the vaccine, it doesn't mean that we're going to get rid of it within a few months. Plus, he says dogs are already used to detect other illnesses like malaria and could be used for future viruses as well. COVID-19 is not the first and it's not going to be the last virus outbreak that we see, he says. This is going to happen again. We'd really love to be able to set up a system whereby once an outbreak occurs, we can deploy dogs very quickly. Logan said his team is working with governments around the world so they can train the dogs using the same technique. We checked with Health Canada and several provinces, but none are currently working to train dogs to detect COVID-19, so it could be a while before we see them here in Canada. Are you looking for good quality items at an affordable cost? Do you want to purchase to make a difference? Then come to The Loft in the Attic, Burlington Humane Society Secondhand Stores. We offer gentle use items at unbelievable prices and 100% of the proceeds goes to helping the animals at the Burlington Humane Society. The Loft is located at the Burlington Humane Society at 740 Griffith Court and the attic is located right downtown at 479 John Street. And if you have gentle use items that you would like to donate, we take glass, china, clothes, books, and many other items. Our secondhand stores are run completely by volunteers, which may be another way that you can help. For complete information about The Loft in the Attic, visit our website at www.burlingtonhumane.ca. Come visit us at the Loft and Attic to purchase your secondhand items and make a difference to the animals at Burlington Humane. And now it's time for news and events.
have changed the way we are doing things at Burlington Humane. We have reduced our hours at Burlington Humane. Our hours are now Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. In response to the COVID-19 advisories, we have restricted our access to Burlington Humane by the general public. Guests are no longer able to drop into Burlington Humane unannounced. Access to our shelter is now by appointment only. We are trying to limit access to keep everyone safe. Be sure to stay informed about all the animals that are available for adoption. We are currently featuring daily videos of our available animals. We're also doing daily virtual room tours of our animal rooms. Be sure to subscribe to our social media pages to watch these videos. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Videos of our animals can also be found on our website at www.burlingtonhumane.ca. Stay informed and up to date with Burlington Humane. The City of Burlington has just implemented a mandatory indoor mask requirement. And as such, all of our volunteers, staff, and guests must wear masks at all time while visiting Burlington Humane. All guests are required to bring their own mask. However, we do have reusable masks on hand, which we ask our guests to return at the end of each visit. We also have face shields for those guests who are not able to wear a mask for medical reasons. Are you prepared to help your pet in the event of an accident? What will you do until you can get them to the veterinarians? Burlington Humane is proud to offer Walks and Wags Pet First Aid course. Walks and Wags Pet First Aid are national leaders in pet first aid and have the longest standing pet first aid course in Canada. It has earned the stamp of approval from Animal Wellness, North America's top animal wellness magazine. This hands-on live practical gives you the skills and confidence to deal with illness and emergencies. The 10-hour course deals with how to prevent injuries, early signs of illness and poisoning, bandaging and splinting techniques, emergency medical conditions, choking, artificial respiration and CPR, and much, much more. Upon su successful completion, you'll receive a certificate valid for three years. Our next course will be Sunday, November 8th. Go to our website at www.burlingtonhumane.ca for more information. Pet First Aid, Sunday, November 8th. These are challenging times for Canadian charities, including Burlington Humane Society. As you can imagine, we have been hit hard during this crisis. We rely completely on donations, but unfortunately they have been down the last few months. We have also had to cancel all of our fundraising events due to the crown and physical distancing restrictions. If you are able to make a financial donation, it would be greatly appreciated. Any and all donations are a big help and will ensure that we continue support and operation of Burlington Humane. Our secondhand stores, The Loft and The Attic, are now open. The Loft is located at our shelter, and The Attic is located in downtown Burlington on John Street. We are very excited to welcome our guests back. We will be limiting the number of people in each location, 
and everyone will be required to wear a mask while in the shops. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to seeing you. To find the latest information about events, ways to make a donation, the animals that are up for adoption, and much more, visit our website at www.burlingtonhumane.ca. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to stay in touch and up to date with Burlington Humane. That's it for this episode of Burlington Humane, the podcast of the Burlington Humane Society. I want to thank our guest, Vanessa DeFalco, our Burlington Humane animal care worker. Be sure to subscribe to Burlington Humane on iTunes. We are located at 740 Griffith Court in Burlington, Ontario. You can visit our website at www.burlingtonhumane.ca or give us a call at 905-637-7325. You can also find us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you for joining us. My name is Doug. We'll see you next time on Burlington Humane. Bye-bye. My society, my society, Burlington Humane is my